What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Expansion Buddies podcast, episode three. We made it to three. The first trilogy of hopefully many is going to get completed here today. I'm your co-host, Jared Miller. I am your other co-host, Justin Wright. And, and oh, go ahead, Jared. Today is a special guest, our actually first ever Expansion Buddies guest, our good friend, Daniel. Daniel, how's it going? Pretty good. I'm happy to be here. Uh, you know, glad that I got tagged in off the bench. So see what I can do today. <laughs> he did get tagged in off the bench. We were going to have Justin's brother, Zach, join us, but then Zach uh, bailed on us last minute. So we got Daniel because he has just as much, if not more hockey knowledge. You know, I like to think so. I do. All right. <laughs> Daniel, you do. All right. I, I do. <laughs> Jared, I wanted to say, you know, you said this was the first trilogy of many, uh, if we keep doing episodes, doesn't that make it not a trilogy? It becomes a quadrology and a All right. fiveology is. All right, Captain. Doesn't it just become a series at some point? Uh, Captain Technicality over here. All right, um, all right. I think you guys is sometimes the only thing I have. <laughs> you know, I, I think you guys just split it in a series of three, much like Star Wars. Just every, every set of three you uh, – act as if it was a different trilogy altogether no, I not really uh speaking of star wars but speaking of movies something uh i know that you wanted to talk about on the podcast at some point jared but was uh palm springs a movie that we both watched this summer that is phenomenal oh heck yeah daniel have you seen palm springs yet i have not oh it's on hulu man andy samberg you've gotta watch it it's it's amazing it's a very funny very good movie looks like a uh kind of groundhog-esque Groundhog Day, rather, not the animal. Yeah. Oh, Groundhog yeah. <laughs> Day-esque film. And I'm yeah. personally... I'm always little, down for more of those. I'm personally a little biased because it also stars the girl who played the mother in How I Met Your Mother, one of my favorite TV shows of all time. So, Your favorite TV show, but you still don't know the actress's name, though. Because uh, it's kind of Shame. a weird It's kind of a weird Shame. Thing. I'll look it up here. No, no, no. Should just know it. Like I know all the names of football players. I'd never look them up. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every single one. Tom Brady, the others. <laughs> Evan Winston or Evan Winston. Oh man. <laughs> you know. Mr. You got... Mr. Mike Evans, please don't please don't come after me. I'm so sorry. I'm uh, Christine Milotti. I don't seem as worried about Jameis Winston coming after you. Uh, anyway. Jameis who now? <laughs> point of the story yes absolutely see palm springs if you haven't seen it yet one of my favorite pieces of media that's come out this this summer okay okay would highly recommend all right let's get into some sports here though i suppose that is and, the subject of these little chats and uh the big thing on the docket that's starting up uh tuesday today actually uh yes. day of recording this will be at the Stanley Cup playoffs. We actually have a set in stone bracket now. Yes, we do. Do we want to run through those seeds real quick? Or, uh, oh my God, the that, conferences at least. Wow, I am sorry. Sorry, I, I looked up the scores real quick. The Bl Columbus Blue Jackets and the Tampa Bay Lightning are tied 2 2 in second overtime right now. Oh my goodness, that's, so that's right. Definitely starting that series off with a bang. <laughs> yeah, so we'll run through those seeds real quick. I can just reel them off here if that's good with you guys. Yeah, works yeah. for me. 
All right, so in the West, our one seed is Vegas. Our two seed is Colorado. I know Daniel likes that. Oh, yeah, go Avalanche. I think there was a reference mentioned to me in the Minnesota Wild, sorry, Minnesota Mild, uh, <laughs> a couple episodes back, and I'm, I'm here to set the record straight. Uh, that's the real reason we had you on today. Yeah. Start All fun. right, three, Dallas, four, St. Louis, five, Vancouver, six, Calgary, seven, Arizona, and eight, Justin's temporary team. The Blackhawks. Yep, I was I was Blackhawks fan until the Kraken, you know, got released, and <laughs> I just I can't I can't stay away from from something that's so close and from from Washington too. Fair enough. As I say as not being a primary Seahawks fan. Yeah, that's true. It's all right. I'll forgive you. Truly living up to the name expansion, buddy. <laughs> Actually, yes. And then in the East, uh, the one seed is Philadelphia. The two seed is Tampa Bay, who must be having deja vu right now in a close (laughs) game with Columbus. Uh, The three seed is Washington. The four is Boston. Five, Carolina. Six, the New York Islanders. Seven, Columbus. And eight, Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. um, Man, you know, Montreal seeded eighth. A lot of people said they shouldn't even been there. I think we we even talked about that last time. And of course, they come in right away and knock out Pittsburgh in a pretty big upset. Yeah, yeah I, I think they they swept them. I'm pretty sure either that or one and maybe four games. It was not not a uh, pretty showing by Pittsburgh, who, like you said, is kind of hailed as one of the best, uh, certainly one of the best teams in the East. Uh, if not the entire league, one of the strongest teams. Rather, they're obviously not the best if they're losing out here to Montreal. Yeah. I saw some folks online that I think made a really good point that they said that Pittsburgh would play down to their competition. But I also think that, you know, the Canadians were not supposed to be in the playoffs. If you go back, they were about a 500 team during the regular season before it got canceled. And I think they just came into this this tournament, you know, nothing to lose, you know, not necessarily anything to prove. They just came out and played some pretty dang good hockey. Um, they're also helped out by the fact that uh, Carey Price, their one of their goalies, just kind of hit a hot streak. He was he was pretty darn phenomenal, and he's oh, he's yeah. an older he's an older player. He's in his thirties at this point. He played very very well, and you know, really helped out that Canadian defense as well. Yeah, well, and what I found most surprising just about the qualifiers in general was the fact that you had both 12 seeds, Montreal being one, and then, of course, Chicago being the other win and move on. And then you also had an 11 seed, Arizona. And um, I know that uh, Chicago beat Edmonton. Was that right? Yeah, that's right. And then who did the Coyotes beat? Uh, They beat the Nashville Predators. Oh, that's right. Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. I got a feel for the Predators right now. They've had a, just a lot of years in a row since they really got hot, and they've just never gotten quite there. They've always been – always the bridesmaid, never the bride. As yeah, when been. when did they play Pittsburgh in that Stanley Cup a few years ago? What year? Um, I, th- I want to say it was two years – no, three, three years ago, I want to say. Yeah, I think it was right after Pittsburgh beat the Sharks – in their other Stanley Cup. I think yeah. so it would have been 2017, I think. Right, because it was before the night, the Golden Knights were in the league. 
Yeah. Um, I think it was the season before that, if memory serves. Yeah, yeah. I, that sounds right to me. So, yeah, some crazy upsets and teams that, you know, quote unquote should or shouldn't be here are here now, though, and uh, they might not be done yet. Yeah. yeah, they're here and they're here to play. You know, the Canadians, obviously, like we said, weren't supposed to be in the playoffs at all. Same with the Blackhawks. They were playing okay hockey and – you know they weren't supposed to be coming into the coming into these playoffs. All right, so Justin, question for you. Yes, sir. If the Blackhawks run the table and they win the cup this year, I I know you'll still be a Kraken fan when they hit the ice. But if the Blackhawks run it this year and win the whole thing, is it going to be harder to let go of that? You know, uh, yes and no. Um, I think I told the story on the one of I think the the first podcast, but I'm kind of a Blackhawks fan because we went to a uh, jersey shop in Bozeman and they had a throwback Blackhawks jersey and I just thought it was so cool, so I bought it and been wearing it ever since. I've worn it to the school I teach at a couple times because our our school colors are black and white. So when we have Pride Days, I'll usually you know school Pride Days, I'll usually wear that because it's black and white. <laughs> There you um, go. but so I, that's how I, that's how I started kind of following hockey was basically because of that Jersey. It'll be kind of hard to let that go. Cause that's been the team I've been following for a few years, but I've never gotten super overly invested into it. You know, Chicago's, I don't know. I don't have any sort of ties to Chicago. Not that I have ties to Tampa Bay, but that's fair. And then, uh, on the flip side of it, Daniel, I know you're a huge Avs fan, but you're, you're from down there in Colorado. I am. Yeah. I mean, you know, early on in life, I wasn't really that big into sports in general, but just as I kind of started, uh, you know, watching more games, I had some friends who are huge avalanche fans. Uh, my buddy, Ethan, um, him and his family brought me to a few games and I just kind of fell in love with the sport, uh, fell in love with the team and yeah, every, everything. And honestly, you know, it's, it's been really nice to see the Avalanche do as well as they're doing, not just because it's fun to see your team win, but, you know, there's there was a handful of years there, especially um, uh, earlier in this decade where the Avalanche were just not that good. Uh, like some of the pieces were there, but they just couldn't quite make it click. And I think uh, the team as a whole is really cohesive and uh, a lot of really – a lot of young guys, Nathan McKinnon's a stud, uh, Gabe Landeskog's excellent player um kale mccarr's just this crazy young guy who's come out of nowhere and uh shown a lot of potential a lot of skill already um so yeah i'm definitely excited to excited to see where this team is going i i'm hopeful that the only direction to go is up from here yeah well uh i'm gonna put you on the spot is this a year are they gonna are they gonna win it all um yeah you know i'm 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 confident, obviously, as with any sport, you know, any number of things could get, go wrong. Uh, you know, tomorrow someone could get injured, God forbid, or, uh, you know, a goalie could have a bad performance here or there. I think that's kind of our biggest weakness right now is our goaltending. So, you know, it, it's going to be really tough, but that kind of thing happens to every team. So, you know, I honestly, I could, I, I could say this is going to be our year. All right. You heard it here Very first. Exciting. You heard it here. Yeah, first. What yep. Uh, Avalanche and Canadians in the cup. Just uh, <laughs> wait and now, see. You heard it here first. Well, 
I wouldn't mind that. That'd be a fun series to watch. Well, gentlemen, that'll lead me uh, kind of to what we want to do here is uh, let's predict at least the first round here, unless you guys want to just do the whole bracket. Uh, I think first round. I'd like to wait and see how you know how save some go. All right. save some material for if you ever want to bring me or have El Zacco on the on the show again. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, well then we'll just read off the matchups here. Uh, if you guys want to get really spicy with it, we can predict how many games they'll win it in too. Or do you just want to do mm-hmm. the winner? Uh, let's yeah. just do the winner for today. No. I no. okay. I don't know if I want if I'm right. confident enough in my hockey knowledge right now. You know, <laughs> or in, where these there's teams only are at. you know you don't have to worry. There's only four numbers you could really guess, so it's a pretty small window. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you a, know, they win in twelve. You got, a, you got at least a twelve twenty five percent chance of getting it right. I I like those odds personally, but <laughs> you know, do, do what you're comfortable with. All right, well let's just go down the list here then, and uh, I will I will write them down, and I'm sure you okay. guys too if you want to uh, and jared and i will be putting out our brackets at some point yeah on, check on it twitter. out uh, we'll put them out on twitter uh we'll do it uh it'll probably be up before this podcast is even yeah aired. we'll do it shortly after recording here since the first games are today mm-hmm. um and w- so you guys know there's nothing hinky going on and so when the canadians or the avalanche win you i want you to tweet at the expansion buddies hashtag they called it. Called it. Yeah. Uh, check us out on Twitter. Uh, the handle will be the expansion BU one. That's the number one. You can see our first round predictions there. And uh, you can tell us how right, or in my case, how horribly wrong we are. So uh, we'll just go down the list here, guys. Uh, we'll go in the West first, the number one seed golden Knights versus the eight seed Blackhawks. Who do we got? Well, Jared, I think you know who I've got to pull for here, and that's the Blackhawks. Are you, you pulling know? the trigger on Chicago? I'm, I'm locking it in, final answer. All right, I'm writing it down. There's no going back now. You know what? I think the Blackhawks are, you know, they've got quite a few pieces still from those old uh, championship teams. I think they're trying to pull one more out of the hat before, you know, before that, that, that core ages out. Coming in with momentum for sure. Yeah, that's – I think they've they found themselves in a position they didn't want they didn't think they were going to be in, and I think they're going to try to carry that momentum through, and kind of prove that you know they're they're here to play and that um, they're serious contenders when people really didn't think they would be. All right, Daniel, what about you? You know, for a similar ish part of the reason as Justin here predicts the Hawks, I'm going to go with the Golden Knights on this one. Uh, I think the Knights are, as we've seen in the last couple of years, they really found their foot in early. Um, you know, that, that team, it's funny because a lot of that team has been cast-offs and players that may or, you know maybe didn't gel super well uh, where they were drafted from or traded from. But I don't know, man. The Knights are just their cohesive unit. They're fast. They're uh, fluid. They're fun to watch. They've got a lot of skill. Getting a guy like Max Pacioretty from the Canadians um, definitely did wonders for them. Um, their goaltending still, uh, uh, Mark Andre Fleury still has some gas in the tank. Um, and you know, like Justin said, that that kind of core from Chicago winning the Cup back in uh, 2015 
Taves, um, Duncan Keith, uh, Patrick Kane, Corey Crawford. Those guys are all still there, but I'm definitely watching a little bit of their film. I definitely see a little bit of uh, – there's still some tread on the tires. Like, by all means, it's still a strong team, and that core guy still has some gas in the tank. But I think Vegas is just, uh, you know, just a better hockey team this year. Cool. Uh, I'm gonna go, I can respect that. I'm going to go with Vegas also. I don't have near the in-depth knowledge that uh, you guys do when it comes to hockey, especially about, uh, well, Justin, your team here. And um, But I, I'm just going to go with Vegas because the little bit that I've watched the Stanley Cup playoffs in the last couple of years, uh, one thing I've noticed, they, they have been a tough out. Um, and just coming in as a one seed, not that there's any home ice advantage this year, but uh, – I just think that they're – I think they're going to get by Chicago. I won't necessarily say it'll be a sweep, though. I bet I bet the Blackhawks give them a fight. And I, I totally can see this, this going the way of the Knights as well. I just hope it doesn't. But it's – like Daniel said, they're a fun hockey team to watch. And since they – since their inception coming into the league, they've been – a a good hockey team. Oh yeah, they they made a splash right off the bat, and they really haven't gone anywhere. Yeah, what they've done been incredible. Um, and if they keep up this level of momentum, they're definitely going to be taking home the cup here in the near future. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, a little unfortunate for me because the Golden Knights were the one seed and and still are, and the uh, Avs were kind of the number two seed in the West during the first play-in round, um, and how the round robin for those teams went. Uh, the Knights and the Avs ended up playing each other and that game determined who was one and who was two and the Knights uh, the Knights beat the Avs in that game so that they ended up now they're ending up playing the Hawks and the Avs are playing the Coyotes so it'll definitely be interesting to see uh, in a round or two if that win for the Knights is good if the Blackhawks you know can do something really strong or if it was uh, not so good for the uh, or, you know, whether it was good or not for the Avalanche, I'll be definitely interested to yeah. see. Let's just uh, – let's hit that game next. That's going down the list. That's what's next anyway. Abs and Coyotes. Uh, Daniel, <laughs> do I even have to ask who you're picking? No. I mean, you know, considering what I said earlier, make you know, in order to win the Stanley Cup, first the road has to go through, quote, unquote, Arizona. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, Colorado, they're – they're a core of young guys with a lot of a lot of really good weapons. Um, Nathan McKinnon, probably the second or third best player in the league right now. Um, Kale McCarr, a like very talented young player. Um, we, you know, uh, our our head coach uh, Jared Bednar. You know, he's he's shown that he can win at any level. He won the uh, Kelly Cup. He won. Um, I forget the name of the championship at the uh, for the AHL, um, but he's basically won the championship equivalent of the Stanley Cup at every level of lower uh, hockey that he's been in, and he's shown, you know, obviously so far that he can take this team pretty far. So I'm definitely excited to see where this team goes. And Arizona is a good team. Um, I just think that a lot of this matchup is going to be the speed and the youth of the avalanche versus a, a little bit more grit and stalwart defense um the 
Coyotes have some pretty good defensive pieces. They've got um, Oliver Ekman Larson, who's shown that he's, you know, he's 29, but he's still still playing at a really uh, high level. Gra- uh, Ryan Graves, Eric Johnson, uh, who's former Avalanche. Um, I'm actually looking at the Avalanche defense, not the Coyote defense here uh, for a little bit of it, but Honestly, no, I'm excited. I, I think, you know, the Arizona team's a good good team, but I think the uh, Avalanche just have a lot more gasoline in the tank and are ready to go go all the way. All right. What say you, Justin? Uh, I think I'm going to agree with Daniel here. I think, you know, besides him just selling me on them, I, I feel like the Avs have been, you know, kind of gathering this, this force to be reckoned with uh, down there in Colorado, and they're – I just I don't think the Coyotes really stand a chance against them. You know, this is the point again where you cut that and play it over like <laughs> the, just the Coyotes four, running over. Like, crap. You know, it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see. Um, just because the the Coyotes do have some really good pieces. They traded for Taylor Hall um, earlier, kind of before the season got postponed in the regular season from New Jersey, and he hasn't done quite as much as I think he was hyped up to do there um but you know he's still a stud and Phil Kessel's there former Penguin um still you know still playing reasonably well still a big guy still hot dog Phil fun to watch um so you know I I definitely and the they're you know the Coyotes always they're one of the few teams um it's interesting from a geographical standpoint the Avalanche and you know any Denver team has that altitude advantage um, playing against any team that comes from from places that are a lot lower altitude, Arizona is one of the few teams that can come up there and really compete and play at that kind of same level from a purely geographical standpoint. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know these games are in Edmonton and Calgary, um, but you know that's just to say that Arizona is by no means a pushover team. Um, yeah. They've been playing pretty well. Their penalty kill has been, uh, you know, top top five in the league uh their goals against have been top five they've had one of the best um goalkeeping sheets in the league between auntie ranta and uh darcy kemper those guys are very good and you know they're gonna definitely give guys like mckinnon uh landis gog jt com for you know a run for their money so it's gonna be a fun series to watch but yeah, yeah the abs abs are just the better team here so, so Daniel, let me ask you too. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll come back to this question. I want to hear Jared's prediction real oh, quick first. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was just going to say, I feel like uh, I just got like a crash course on Avs hockey <laughs> right there in the last five minutes. So what, I, from, from the Avs fan, what a surprise. For, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I'm just rambling, man. I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. Half the time, I, uh, so. Man, you sold me. I mean, I was going to pick them anyway, probably, but yeah, I, I'm going to go with Colorado too. The little I've watched hockey over the last couple of years, and I know I really can't compare anything in the past to this year, but I know that Arizona hasn't really been a top-tier team, uh, to say that politely. They clearly have a better team this year to do good enough to get into the playoffs. But, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I just got to go with Colorado on this one. Much like Chicago, they do come in with that momentum of a qualifying round upset, but – I don't know if that's going to be enough to carry them through a series with uh, a number two seed like that. So I'm going to go with Colorado too. So my question for you, Daniel, is 
if the Avalanche does go through and make it to the cup and, and beat, you know, um, the Canadians or whoever, mm-hmm. um, I think if I just keep saying that the Canadians will be at the cup, I can manifest it. You know, <laughs> it's so it's like uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah, you exactly. Enough, it pops up. Um, but they do win the cup this year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, since of the whole health situation, the you know the national pandemic, do you, there's going to be an asterisk on that that championship. Do you think, based on what you see so far, and this can obviously change over the next you know. Um, few weeks to a month i believe of playoffs yeah because it goes through the end of august sure so next couple of months then um you know how does that how does that make you feel do you think uh you know based on the short season and the different playoff schedule do you think that's that asterisk i guess is right to be there or is it not yeah no that's an interesting question and you know it's interesting to definitely look at that in terms of any sport but i i think with how the nhl has laid out their playoffs how they've um you know set everything up i i don't think that for any team that wins the stanley cup there's going to be a and there should be an asterisk um because how their system was laid out is that you know there's a best of 5 series for all these teams even the teams that had guaranteed spots in the playoffs the top 4 seeds on each side uh those guys still had to play best of 5 series for seeding and they're still going to end up you know whatever team whether, whether it's the avs hopefully or the canadians or whoever wins the cup they're going to have played four they're still going to have played four series of best of 7 and that's you know just like that's not trivial that's a lot of hockey to play and the season was shortened, but, you know, we, what we've seen is that a lot of these teams that I think that all the teams or the vast majority of teams in the playoffs right now belong here, um, especially, you know, it's interesting because especially teams like like Montreal and Chicago who had the se- had, you know, COVID not happened or people not had having taken the same seriousness to it as they did. Um, you know, those teams wouldn't have even had a ticket to the playoffs or a chance to get in, a, you know, off a, off a wild card series. Um, and, you know, they've like the Canadians played their hearts out and, you know, toppled the Penguins giant and the uh, Blackhawks played their hearts out and all these teams played very well. So, you know, I, I think, um, you know, the fact that whatever team it is or teams are still playing you know, they're still playing basically normal playoff hockey. And I think that all all uh, 16 teams that got into the playoffs belong in the playoffs. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't think that there would be an asterisk because it's not like it's like, okay, we play, you know, the bare minimum amount of games and then whoever, you know, they, they could have just said like, okay, playoffs are canceled. But playoff hockey is still playoff hockey as with any sport playoffs it's it's a different level it's a different uh depth of the game so i you know i don't i don't think that an asterisk unless of course it comes out in two years that whatever team um you know was stealing signs or you know doing some sort of other nefarious cheating and that it you know that there should be an asterisk but but no no well-meaning team would ever do we, something like that. But believe me, fellas, we will get to that. I've got some <laughs> no. Words. But anyway, to cut my rambling off, um, you know, I I think that whatever team wins this tournament, wins the Stanley Cup this year, should not have an asterisk by their name. They're still playing 
five rounds of hockey, you know, a minimum, uh, if, if a team won by sweeping, that's a minimum of uh, 19 games and, you know, of playoff hockey, which is not a trivial amount of playoff hockey. And, mm-hmm. you know, I doubt, I don't think there's a single team that's good enough right now or would have opponents that are all bad enough to sweep. You know, they're not going to be like the Warriors where it's just a foregone conclusion that they're sweeping past every team in their way. There's no NHL team that's that good and their competition that weak right now. Yeah. So, I, you know, a minimum of 19 playoff games and probably a lot more. I bet that a lot of these series go to six or seven games. So, Yeah, this is something I've thought a little bit about myself because, like, obviously football's coming up and – that's football is my main squeeze. You guys all know that. Right. Um, but you know, obviously Tampa Bay's got Tom Brady and we're kind of, we have a stacked offense this year. And, you know, I think it was actually Jared, something Jared said, like if the Mariners made the playoffs this year, they won the world series. It'd be, a, everybody'd be like, Oh, it took COVID to get them into the championship. Yeah. It, I almost don't want it to happen. And with the way the Mariners are going right now, I don't really have to worry about it. Yeah. But, you know, I was thinking about it for my Buccaneers. Cause you know, We've got, you know, who many people call the GOAT at, at quarterback, Tom Brady, and, you know, maybe this is the year. And then people will be like, well, you see, yeah. Devontae Hightower opted out. So, you, when you guys played the Patriots, actually, we don't play the Patriots this year, but, you know, we play a team with, you know, a player that's opted out. Like, you didn't play them at full strength. Yeah. So you're going to, yeah. you know, yeah. trivialize the win. But, anyway, I digress. Not talking about football right now. But, yeah, a very, very good uh, – I think you explained that really well, Daniel. Yeah. Thank yeah. For your insight. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Let's I have keep, my moments. Let's keep moving down the list here. Uh, staying in the West are three seed Dallas Stars versus the six seed Calgary Flames. Whoever wants to take it, jump on it. You want to start um, this one, Justin? Yeah, sure. I these are two teams that are relatively unknown to me, um, but I know the Stars have been playing fairly well before the before the shutdown happened. And I think they carried on that obviously to get the, the third seed, they had to carry that on fairly well into this restart. But honestly, it's they're, they're two teams that have kind of been off my radar um, as of up till now. But I, I think the stars are going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the stars for the reasons that I think they're going to continue to play fairly good hockey. And Daniel. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm, somewhat similar i'm a bit obviously a little bit more familiar with both these teams just because i follow hockey pretty extensively um you know these these two teams this is this is a tough one this is pro one of the toughest i'd say um to to kind of discern you know i i really don't know i just kind of talk myself through it and see see what we can think but you know the flames are an interesting team because they've to a certain extent, been a pretty similar team for the last couple of years. Um, you know, they've they've got a few guys like Johnny Gaudreau, who he's having a little bit of a down year this year, but he's still shown some flashes of brilliance. Um, you know, he can rack up assists. He can, uh, you know, he can do a lot for the team. You get guys like Elias Lindholm, who he's 25. You know, he's kind of entering his prime. He's, I think he's having something like uh, – like 30 he's close to 30 goals this season which is you know not a trivial thing to do not a not a ton of players um you know can put 30 goals up in a season you know i'm just kind of looking over these two teams i think justin's right i think that the stars i i think it just boils down to you know who's gonna have more 
oomph to their game and who's going to play, um, you know, better hockey, who's going to play more sustainable hockey. A lot of these matchups are really high scoring games. Um, usually, it's usually like five, you know, five, six goals a game minimum between these two teams. Um, keeping an eye on the scores right now, the, uh, the Flames and the Stars just finished the second period and the Flames are up three to two. So already just with a full period of regular hockey to go, you know, there's already five goals between these two teams. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of sustainable, just who can, who can sustain the hits, who can sustain, you know, the power plays, all this stuff better. I do. I think the Stars are going to pull this series out really on the backs of their goaltenders, Ben Bishop and Anton Kadobin have both just shown that they're playing really kind of to the top level of goal, almost the top level of goalkeeping this year that we're seeing in the league. And, you know, the, the, as the old saying, the puck stops here. Um, you know, I, I think that they're just, and, you know, by Cam Talbot, uh, former Edmonton Oiler and David Riddich, both very good goalies. Um, a little streaky at times, but both can be have both shown that they can be very strong goalies um, as well. But I, I think the Stars. This is probably the first series I'd say from what we've talked about that goes to seven. All right, I am actually going to be the dissenting opinion here. I think I'm going to go with Calgary. Going for the upset, huh? Uh, I am. It's when picking upsets, and this probably isn't the way to do it, especially when looking at a bracket and seeds. I find it really hard always to go with uh, with picking against a one or a two seed, but uh, three seeds, just I don't know why, but to me they just seem to drop the ball a lot more. And maybe hockey's different. I'm basing most of this on my experience predicting football stuff, but I don't know. And I know that I know that Calgary has a pretty solid team right now. Obviously Dallas must also if they're – one of the top four seeds in the West. And I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm looking at a Calgary Flames hockey puck mm. on my desk as I speak right now. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I just, something is, something is pulling me toward the Flames. So I'm just going to do it. I'm going to pull the trigger you know, and we'll see what it gets me. You know, I'm, I'm kind of reading over some of the statistics and some of the numbers that these guys are posting up. And, you know, I, a couple of years ago with the, our, our friend who, declined to make an appearance tonight Zach um, went to go see the Flames play the Sharks and I definitely remember from that game the Flames um, you know the Sharks were that was one of those years where they were really good for a long time and they were playing really well really good hockey Um, and but you know and they and the Sharks ended up winning that game I think seven to four but you know the Flames up until that point Flames looked you know they were pretty good and they were pretty strong um so you know they're they're a gritty team and like you said that you know they're they're a team that's um you know pretty stable pretty solid a lot of those pieces have been in there for a little while um so i could definitely see this series going either way um you know even even though it's a three and a six um you know it i i wouldn't see it as that much of an upset honestly because these are just two very good teams the flames are a very strong very strong hockey team yeah that makes sense to me i'm glad that i'm not insane (laughs) leaning calgary then um rooting for a pulling for a canadian team in hockey is always a uh you know it's always a tough one all right, well, let's see uh, if you guys do that with this next matchup. The last one of the West here, 
the defending Stanley Cup champs, St. Louis Blues, against the Vancouver Canucks, 4-5. Who do we got in that one? Um, I, I think I like the Canucks in this one, honestly. They're kind of, you know, they've been doing a rebuild for a decent amount of time. And I think, you know, they're, they're coming in. And, you know, I think one thing a lot of people are going to say is, you know, because they've been in a rebuild mode, they've got, you know, they're inexperienced in the playoffs. And you see so many of those, those young, newer teams like that that come off a rebuild kind of go one and done in the playoffs. I, I, think, uh, I think they're going to shock us. I, I, I like this, uh, this, this core of uh, Canucks. Um, and I think, I think they're going to play some really good hockey against the Blues. All right, Daniel? Yeah, this is an interesting matchup because, like Justin said, the uh, Canucks have definitely been in rebuild mode for a long time. Um, and, you know, I think some of those pieces are definitely starting to fall into place now. The Canucks have some really interesting young pieces. Elias Peterson, he's only 21, but he's already shown that he can put up numbers with the best of them. Uh, Quinn Hughes, his, who was, I think, either drafted number one or number two or something overall a uh, couple of years ago or last year even, you know, he's, he's already shown that he can, you know, put up, he has something like 45, 50 assists, um, you know, and eight goals, which for a defenseman is nothing to sn- sniff at. Um, it's, it's interesting because a lot of the numbers of a lot of kind of big performers on the Canucks are some really young guys um, and some guys that, you know, have, been around for a while but are only really starting to and you know this season they're definitely having some really good numbers I look at guys like Braden Shen who has 25 goals and 33 assists and uh Jaden Schwartz who has 23 and 35 and um you know some of these and um you know those guys are on the blues and those are the you know those are kind of the key performers for the blues I'm kind of rambling back and forth a little bit but you know, it, it's interesting to see the Canucks performers or a lot of these young guys and the Blues, you know, we, they obviously won a cup and their team has for better or for worse stayed about the same. The Blues, you know, they still have Tarasenko who's coming off a, you know, injury. So he hasn't played a ton, but from what we've seen him play since he's been in back, you know, it's the Tarasenko we all know and love guys like David Perron and, uh, you know, some of these other guys on offense, Bozak, um, uh, Braden Shen, Jaden Schwartz, as I said earlier, you know, those guys are good and they've been around for a while with the blues. They're, you know, they're big, they're big names in the, in St. Louis. Um, and you know, guys and the, the Jordan Bennington is just like, he's, he is a good goaltender. Um, and, and Allen is a, good goaltender too like Jake Allen these guys are good goaltenders for the Blues I think that you know it's it's been interesting because the you know probably two of the most popular most famous and two of the best players in Canucks history the uh, Sedin brothers they just retired and you know it was somewhat unfortunate I I I think that their careers to a certain extent were kind of wasted um, because the Canucks just, you know, for a lot of years haven't been very good and, you know, them leaving it's, it's interesting because they leave the team, they retire. And then all of a sudden, you know, this team is like, okay, we're ready to get out of rebuild mode, you know, or, and into like, we can win now mode is definitely been interesting to see. 
but I, you know, to again, stop rambling and put a prediction on, I think the blues win this round. Um, you know, I think the Canucks have a lot of potential and they're a very strong young team, but I think there's still just a couple pieces that are, you know, still need a little playoff experience, still need a little bit more oomph in their step. And I, you know, I, th- I could see them going really far next year, next few years, but you know, with the, with the core of the blues being the same team as they have been, um, I think that the blues win this series. I think you make some really good points. I just do want to say too, I want to bolster. I feel like I need to bolster my side of support of course. these Canucks. I think they have the potential to just be so explosive. Absolutely. You know, like, I, like you said, the blues, you know, basically have the same cup team. But if you look at how the Canucks did against the Wild, seven of the Canucks players scored at least three points in the series. Just their offense has the potential to be so explosive. You have seven players scoring three points apiece. You know, that I think they have the, you know, just the goal scoring ability to put up a lot of points in, in this series against the Blues. And I don't know, I don't know that the Blues can uh, keep up with it necessarily. Although, like you did make a point that they do have excellent goaltending and i'll be curious to hear your prediction as well jared um you know it is interesting to see the the canucks i think that this series i i agree that the canucks have the potential to be extremely explosive uh a lot of young guys a lot of really fast guys a lot of guys who have been in the league for a while and are you know put up really good numbers and and the blues are you know they've they've put up they've been very they've been consistently pretty damn good not like explosive, crazy, but pretty damn good. It, it's going to be a fight of like inc- of consistency versus explosiveness. If the Canucks can really um, explode and, you know, amplify their game and, and amplify their game for enough to outplay the Blues, I think that they have a really good chance. They could have a really good chance of winning the series and your pick would look really, you know, real tasty. Um, but you know, if the Canucks, uh, you know, spread that wealth out too much or, um, you know, struggle a little bit, maybe not get their footing as much as they need, you know, that's where it's like, okay, the blue, we know where the blues are likely going to perform. And if the Canucks can't outperform that expectation, or obviously if the blues play below their expectation or whatever, which is very possible. It's well, the blues. And- and um, in, if I can interrupt, yeah, we did see them here just a little while ago. Um, in their round robins games, they did lose to the Avalanche and Golden Knights as well as the Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, the Stars was a shootout, um, but the Avalanche and Golden Knights were both in regulation time. So right. I think in uh, you know they do have the potential to kind of play down to opponents. Yeah, and and you know. Tarasenko is still coming off a pretty bad injury. And I know some of their other guys were a little beat up. Um, and then Vancouver has been playing phenomenally well. They obviously got the kind of top seed in the bottom half of the, uh, of the West, you know, that's obviously no, no small thing. So I'm still going to stick to my guns with the blues, but you know, you make some really good points and I could absolutely see the Canucks uh, doing really well, especially like you said, if the blues play down just a little bit, you know, the Canucks are, definitely knocking at the door and nipping on the blues heels in terms of they, you know, they're hungry for that playoff spot. So. All right. Well, that brings us to me then. Um, I think I'm going to go with St. Louis also. I mean, one thing I was going to talk about and then I kind of thought about it and realized it's probably not a huge factor. 
everyone talks in football about the Super Bowl hangover when you win, and oftentimes a team doesn't do as well the next year. And under normal circumstances, I would probably cite that. But with everything that's gone on with COVID and the delay and now coming back, I feel like if there's any hangover for any team, it's going to be that and not, you know, for the Blues winning the Stanley Cup last year. It is something that uh, I would be worried about a little bit, but I think they're going to have enough in the tank to get out of this first round. I think maybe it'll all catch up with them next round. Because like you said, um, if they do win, they're going to play the winner of Calgary and Dallas, who we've established are – uh, pretty talented teams, not that the Blues aren't, but um, I think that it could all catch up with them in that second round. But I, I think they've got enough to get by Vancouver. Jared, we're going to be heading over to the next conference here. Can we skip the Flyers and Canadians go for a moment and go right to the Lightning and Blue Jackets? Because they are <laughs> still tied 2-2 in um, double OT. No, triple OT. Excuse triple me. Triple overtime oh, now. Yeah, they and are I in... would like to get these predictions in before they finish this Okay, game. we'll do yeah. that one first. And I... I will reel mine off. I want it to be known that I wrote this down before any score. <laughs> uh, I am I'm going to resoundingly go with Tampa Bay. And my sole reason for that is because of what happened to Tampa Bay against these same Blue Jackets last year in the playoffs. I think we all know what happened. The sweep that should have never happened. Um, I, don't, I don't see a universe in which Tampa Bay allows this to happen again. But again, as you say that right now, they're in triple overtime. So I don't know. I'm still going to go with Tampa just because I don't think that they're going to let it happen again. They might lose this first game, but I don't see them losing a series to Columbus this go round. Yeah. Um, I, I'm also going with the lightning because I think they, they will be known for that that choke so to speak until they get over it and if they can't do it here then oh you know, it's, it's brutal it's just it another year that like you're the team that can't beat if the flyers they, if they drop it to the same team and granted yes it's not a 1-8 matchup this time but if they drop it to the same team again two years in a row i i yeah like just relocate <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> become a team. new franchise right you know it's yeah now, it's interesting. This is a very interesting series to me. And, you know, if we hadn't been graced by the hockey gods saying, uh, or we hadn't been graced by the gods with the uh, President's Trophy curse last year, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. Um, you know, and if, if, if last year's series hadn't happened between these two teams, I would go with the Lightning 100% because I do think that they're the better team. Uh, by a pretty healthy margin. I think that the Blue Jackets somewhat eked into the playoffs. They've, you know, been kind of a perennial first round or second round playoff team. They haven't really been able to perform, but, you know, just with these two teams history at this point, and, you know, I was watching a little bit of the, the early game between these two teams earlier this afternoon. You know, I think the Jackets are going to win it purely because of the circumstances between these two teams and how these two teams have been built and, and played through. I, you can write it down here as, as a hot take to end all hot takes. I think the Blue Jackets win this series. All right, I'm putting it in stone right now. Yeah. You know, I don't it's, think it's a hot take to say that, but <laughs> I, still, yeah, I still like it the was, Lightning here. Yeah, I, I, I think that, honestly, I do think that the Lightning are the better team. Um, they've got a lot of guys that are just absolute studs. They've got Nikita Kucherov. They've got Steven Stomkos. They've got um, Braden Point. They've got, you know, the, the list goes on. The, the number of guys on this team, Cam Atkinson, 
or not Cam Atkinson, excuse me. Um, the, the But the list of guys on this team that are good enough to warrant being mentioned just keeps going on. And Andre Vasilevsky, um, you know, he's, he's one of the finalists for the Vizina trophy. Um, you know, he's obvious. I think it's up there that he's one of the best keepers in the league right now. The, the key for Columbus here is going to be playing ugly, slow, low scoring hockey. Uh, Cause the lightning, you know, true to their name, they, they really are lightning in terms of their speed, their ability to score goals, their ability to control games with that speed. So I, you know, it was interesting. I was watching the, uh, as I said, I was watching the game earlier and the light, I don't know, the lightning just, they, they felt like they were sluggish just watching them play. And, you know, obviously it's game one of the first real series of the first regular playoff series. And, you know, you got a little bit of rust or not rust, but a little bit of, you know, kind of playoff itchiness, a little bit of this and that, but the lighting just looks sluggish right now to me. Um, you know, it's the the fact that this team has so many guns that can fire on all cylinders and that they're, you know, two goals to two goals pretty deep into th- triple overtime with the Blue Jackets in game one. You know, that, that, that says to me that the Blue Jackets are really playing to their strengths. They're really playing – you know, that slow, gritty hockey, that's how they swept the Lightning last year. You know, they won four games of just slow, gritty hockey. I, I don't remember the exact scores, but I don't think, I think there was probably one game with more than like four or five goals scored, um, which, you know, in playoff hockey, especially with a team like the Lightning is, is crazy. Um, so, you know, I, I think the lightning is the better team. And I think that if they put, if they put and keep their foot on the gas, they'll probably win this series, especially because, um, you know, of, of what happened last year. And, you know, I, I think that if they, if the lightning lose this series, especially, and especially if they lose it in an embarrassing fashion, like last year, um, it doesn't even have to be that embarrassing. Like, I think if they, you know, if they lose in anything short of seven, you know, they are going to be where, you know, the conversation's going to start of like, okay, this team is like, you know, put them in the conversation with like the mid th- mid two thousands um, capitals, which were just not a good team for a lot of years, or, you know, they were a good team, but they could just never do anything when it counted. Um, yeah. It'll be, it'll definitely be interesting to see what the lightning do as a team, you know, cause fundamentally they're the same team as last year. I think maybe like a coaching change, a couple coaching changes and a couple trades here and there, but by and by, this is the same team that got swept by the Blue Jackets in the playoffs last year. So, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think they get swept, but I think that the Blue Jackets can, you know, really, really hold the line and really maintain their, their grit and their, you know, what makes that, what made them, you know, a force, obviously a force to be reckoned with uh, last season, at least for the first round. You know, I think the Blue Jackets can can pull it out and you know take this series and make the Lightning somehow more of a laughing stock than they already are. All right. Well, I got it. Uh, I wrote it down. So you're locked in with that pick. I'm locked in. All right. You know, uh, mark my words. Let's let's jump back up on our list here in the East and let's talk about number one Philadelphia versus Montreal, who we've all just been slopping shit <laughs> so far. Right. 
Uh, yeah, uh, it's, I I regret talking smack about the Canadians. They came and they played. I I I really want to see them carry that momentum through. I don't know how realistic it is, but I want to. I'm gonna pick them just because I'm I'm loving I'm loving this underdog. You know, um, you know the Flyers and the Canadians. Their coaches their coaches both have a tie. They played um it was they played minor league hockey together. Someone would have to fact check me on that. That so they're gonna have kind of a little bit of a rivalry going there. I think that's always cool. But you know, like I was saying earlier, Carey Price just kind of got in a hot streak. He he found his groove, and I think the price is right. <laughs> um, I I just really am looking forward to these games. I know I'm gonna try to tune into these as much as I can, or at least be watching highlights. I I would love to see these Canadians upset these Flyers. I think that would just be so cool for them to to come out of a season where they were basically slated to be mediocre at best to make it into the playoffs toppling the the mighty penguins to then come in knock over the flyers oh my word oh, be... it would be a uh, public enemy number one in the state of pennsylvania let me tell you <laughs> yeah so i think it would all, just be a great story to all our canadians fans listening justin is it safe to say you are firmly on that bandwagon i am locking in those canadians all right uh daniel what say you sir you know, it's funny because I think the Flyers, you know, the Flyers have been a really strong team for a lot of years, but they've always kind of been in the shadow of the Penguins, you know, being the, oh, yeah, Pennsylvania has that other hockey team. Um, you know, the Flyers pretty consistently, um, you know, whether it's directly by the Penguins or they just get stage fright or whatever it is, but the Flyers, whenever the, it seems like whenever the Penguins are in the playoffs, the Flyers have consistently you know, played down and, and played to a less, to a lower level than they're capable of playing. And I think now at the hands of the Canadians, the Penguins have been toppled. I think the Flyers have, you know, a real chance to shine a real ch- and a real chance to show what they can do. Um, you know, they've got guys like Claude Giroux who's been around on that team for a long time and he's very good. Claude Giroux is a, you know, he's a, he's kind of an interesting player cause he's a big guy, but he's fast and he's, got a sniper shot like no other like he's he's very fun to watch uh they got guys like Knesney, Lawton, uh Van Riemsdyk you know all these all these guys who can put up pretty reasonable numbers and you know none n- none of the numbers like spike out like they don't have any 30 40 50 goal scoring players but they've got a lot of guys who are putting up 20 goals you know like high teens of goals and, you know, pretty consistently, like they've got a lot of guns that can play really well and a lot of depth that can play really well. Um, you know, the Canadians, they, they've got guys like Domi. Uh, they got Max Domi. He's very good. You know, they got Gallagher. He's uh, very good. Um, Tatars is good, but they just, I just don't think they have the same, volume of depth and the volume of weapons you know the canadians have been kind of in rebuild mode for a few years um and they've also kind of been like a middleman in terms of trades and pipeline stuff you know they they've they've had a few trades where they've kind of been the third guy just you know being a logistical piece not you know not to the same extent as a team like ottawa but you know they, they've definitely been in rebuild mode and you know guys like carrie price carrie price has shown a lot of brilliance and a lot of skill but i i think that this is you know 
this is a series where the Flyers just have more weapons across the board, more depth, which is so important in playoff hockey, especially, you know, and, and just the, I, I think the Flyers take this series. Um, yeah, I would tend to agree with you. I am going to take Philadelphia also. Uh, if, you know, if what you're saying about the depth is accurate, which I'm sure it is. Uh, I know how important depth is when you get to any sort of playoff tournament. I love an underdog story as much as the next guy, but I honestly think that Montreal's given us as big of one as they're going to give us this year. I don't see it going any further than here. Although I have no personal stake in either team here. So I would, if I'm wrong, I won't be sad to see it, but I just, I just thinking logically here, I have to go with Philadelphia. Philadelphia also has the best mascot in the league. So, you, you know, you oh, <laughs> God, gritty. You got to give some credit to gritty. You can't, you know, you can't discount the effect that a gritty, you know, I, they won't do it, but I'm, you know, imagine the psychological warfare of letting gritty loose in an empty rink, just to run around <laughs> ripping chairs up an and empty, making empty. blood curdling screams <laughs> while empty, you're having to play hockey. And not only know. empty, but you've got to make it an empty dark rink. Right. And uh, letting, letting something like gritty loose in an empty dark rink, you know, that's, that would be terrifying for any team. And I, you know, I, I think that would be tantamount to cheating at that point, or, or at least, you know, a violation of like the Geneva convention or something, because you know, that, that gritty man, the, the flyers really nailed it on the head with him with, uh, with that thing, but All right. Let's moving on. I will say this, if the Canadians make it to the, to the cup and Casey or excuse me, Carey Price keeps up his level of play. I will buy a Carey Price jersey because <laughs> I will just be old. so excited. You're going really. Jersey. I'm. I'm really. I'm. You know. I'm happy with how committed you are to the kind of you know bottom I seeds. Just, I want I want my Canadians and I want my Blackhawks to meet in the cup. That would, that, be, would be amazing. that would be a very interesting. A series of events that would lead to those two teams being in the uh, Stanley Cup final. It would be the underdog cup, let me tell you what. It really would. Justin is the only one that picked both eight seeds. So I think think going back. Gonna be lap. You're gonna be be regretting it. You know, listen to me. Going going back a ways to. meant like to go into talking about Chicago, it would definitely be like, and, and talking about this um, or talking about the avalanche, if Chicago and Montreal were the two teams in the Stanley cup final, no matter which team won that, I don't think a single person on earth would think about attaching an asterisk to those two teams. You know, <laughs> the argu- argument could obviously be made. It's like, oh, they shouldn't have been there. You know, if the playoffs were regular, they wouldn't have been in them, which is true. But, you know, you look at teams like Montreal and Chicago and even Arizona, you know, that kind of eke their way in and then play really good hockey, you know, long enough to beat someone that they may or may not have business beating. You know, that that definitely speaks volumes to the – you know, to the skill and to the grit and to the determination of that team. So, yeah, it'll definitely be, you know, the Montreal Canadiens have been a laughing stock for a very long time, um, even though they have the most Stanley Cup championships of any NHL team, and it's not even close. Um, you know, they've been a laughing stock for the better part of the decade. So, yeah, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch what they do this year and going forward. 
well, we'll get, a, we'll get a preview tomorrow night at 8 p.m. We will. Let's uh, let's keep this moving and let's go to the number three seed Washington Capitals versus the number six New York Islanders. Yeah, it's going to be a fun series to watch for sure. Am I hearing sarcasm? No, well, a little bit, but no, it's you know <laughs> the I the Islanders are the hockey Mets, right? Like the Islanders to a certain extent not quite as comical in watching them. You don't feel quite as bad watching them, but <laughs> the Islanders are definitely an interesting team um, because they've, you know, been kind of so comically bad for so long. And the Capitals also had been bad for a long time, but they just won a Stanley cup. Um, they really, you know, it's, re it's really going to be an interesting matchup because the Islanders head coach, Barry Trotz, who I believe is, probably the best one of the best if not the best coaches in the in the National Hockey League um he was the guy who coached the Capitals to their Stanley Cup um and he played a really big part in getting the Capitals over the hump and finally winning their cup a couple of years ago and the Capitals I, I forget the exact logistical reasons but the Capitals effectively didn't I think they just didn't want to pay that money for Trotz and Trotz wanted a new challenge anyway so it made sense but it'll definitely be a really interesting um, – this will be a very interesting matchup to watch. So are you going – you're going Washington then? You know, if, if, if it were anyone other than Alex Ovechkin, I'd say the Islanders maybe. But, man, Ovechkin is such a stud. That, yeah. And, you know, that – like and, – and, you know, they've got other guys, T.J. Oshie, uh, Nicholas Backstrom, uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, Evgeny Kuznetsov, who are just – good players um you know Ovechkin is probably like he's right up there with with you know um Nate McKinnon and uh Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid in terms of just being a like the best of the best he's one of the best the league's ever seen you know and the fact that he is what he's he's 34 years old and he's putting up 48 goals in a season like he's still you know he's still probably going to break the fifth he's still probably going to break that 50 goal threshold when he's you know one of the older guys in the league he is just he is just such a stud to watch and so I'm going to go with the uh, Capitals on this one and you know really because of guys like Ovechkin and TJ Oshie um, but you know the Islanders are going to be really interesting i think this is going to be a closer series than some people think um you know washington's got a pretty good habit of choking in the first and second rounds um especially since they're they've only won one of their last games in the cycle so far and the islanders won three of their four games to you know get where they're where they are yeah um, well and uh just for me the very layman hockey fan here those are names i even recognize like alex ovechkin and Oshi and yeah so I mean that's those that's probably a reason why I'm picking Washington too in this one uh, and maybe I'm remembering too much of their Stanley Cup run a couple years ago but uh yeah I just and, and I, I do also know that the Islanders are kind of as you put it the Mets of hockey so it all signs are pointing to Washington for me on this one yeah I'm I'm gonna stick with the flow here and pick pick Washington as well I'm gonna go with the Caps all right, uh, let's quickly get through this last one so we can get to another topic. Yeah, I've been 
but as much as i enjoy hockey talk oh no we love it we love having you on man it's uh good good stuff way more insight than justin and i could ever provide on our own so um, yeah even better when i actually get the names right (laughs) so the last matchup uh the one we haven't discussed yet the four five in the east boston and carolina who do we like in this one uh justin you want to start this one off yeah again i kind of go back to where i was with the uh you know, the stars and the flames. I, I don't know too terribly much about these teams, um, especially the hurricanes, the Bruins. I recognize, you know, I think because they're a bigger franchise and have a bigger fan base. And I know I've known people that have been Bruins fans, the hurricanes. I don't think I've ever met a hurricanes fan. <laughs> um, um, of course people meet me and they're like, Oh, I've never met a Tampa Bay fan. So I, I understand, you know, like, as, but as I was saying, these teams are kind of unknowns to me. And so I'm, I'm, think I'm just gonna I think I'm just gonna go with the Bruins just because you know they they've played you know slightly better and they've that shows in their their seating although these two are as close as they can get right now all right Daniel you know this is an interesting one because no, I think th- through and through the Bruins are a very strong hockey team and they still have a lot of pieces from previous years from when they won Stanley Cups and when they've gotten very close to winning Stanley Cups and those guys are still performing. Um, Patrice Bergeron, uh, Brad Marchand, who I both, I, Marchand I love to hate because he's the guy who keeps getting in or who kept getting in trouble the last few seasons because he would keep licking the opposing players like when they were on the <laughs> ice uh, so you know that's that that it, it's going to be interesting to see what Marshawn gets up to now that you know obviously licking beyond the fact that licking your opponents is kind of frowned upon you know in the COVID era licking licking your opponents is I would assume a very big no-no <laughs> um you know posture knock is another guy who's put up 48 goals, you know, he's playing up to the level, if not better than Ovechkin right now. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, he's shown that that's not just like a, a good season, but that guy can play hockey. Good. He's a good player. And, you know, Tuka Rask is another, uh, he's another finalist for the Vizina trophy. Um, you know, I think he's probably the single best goalkeeper in the league right now. Um, like that guy, since he started, has just been a wall of steel for the Bruins. And the Bruins have been extremely lucky to have a guy like that. Um, you know, Hawks a good goalkeeper as well, but Rosk is just like otherworldly. And then they still have, you know, they still have Zidane Chara, and you know, Zidane Chara is somewhat of a relic of a bygone era of you know bigger, bruisier players. But you know, that those guys are just they're they're good strong hockey players and the Bruins unfortunately as I have to say it much like other Boston teams have just been a consistently very strong team for a very long time so is that a Boston Um, pick not yet because the Hurricanes are a really interesting team last year you know it's funny because you know the Hurricanes are not an NHL team people expect like as Justin says you know he's never met a Hurricanes fan there's a lot of Hurricanes fans especially you know somewhat like Nashville in the last few years like where you wouldn't necessarily expect a team to have a really strong fan base the Hurricanes in the last few years have been playing extremely fun hockey to watch Uh, they've been playing fast they've been playing strong they have this whole you know they really embraced that like 
you know, underdog. Their last year they had the like um, storm, you know, because they they did really well in the playoffs last year. They they beat the Capitals um, in I think seven games. They you know they beat the Bruins last year. I want to say they they basically you know they made a whole thing of their Hurricanes sweeping up the East Coast because they beat a bunch of these Metro Division teams that you know, honestly, by and by were better teams. And the Hurricanes played really, really good uh, uh, hockey last year in the last few years. Um, and, you know, we've seen guys like Sebastian Ajo has just, like, been very, very good. He's only 23, and he's already putting up almost 40 goals a season. Um, you know, Sveshnikov put up 24 a season. You know, these guys are good. You know, these guys are fun. They're fast. They're young. Um, and they, they've obviously got a lot of giant killing potential. And I, you know, the, the Hurricanes, they were in the bottom tier and the Bruins were in the top tier. But, you know, the Hurricanes won all three of their games and the Bruins lost all, four, all three of their games. They're 0-3 right now. I'm going to go with the Hurricanes on this one because they're just, just such a fun team to watch. And to a certain extent, they're kind of a, you know, a pretty small group of guys that's really like, high skill right now Aho's really the guy that's been like dominating the stat line um and you know none of their other than like their pen their penalty kill and their power play which are both very important other than that they haven't been playing like super deep hockey and I do think the Bruins are a much deeper team which we have to take into consideration but you know I'm gonna go with the Hurricanes on this one it's my upset pick of the night yeah, uh, I actually agree with you. I'm going to go with Carolina, too. And I remember them beating Washington last year in the playoffs in seven. That's probably one of the main reasons why I picked them here. Uh, four or five matchups are always so close anyway. Like, I feel like y- you can call it an upset in name only if they win be- just because they're a higher seed or a lower seed. But, uh, yeah, I-, I don't know. I just something just like it did with the Flames, something pulled me toward – Carolina here so I uh I'm going with them too and I just don't like Boston sports so there's that also okay so they got my my mistake they got swept by the Bruins last year in the conference finals uh but they beat the they beat the Capitals in seven and swept the Islanders in four so you know they're uh I'm uh definitely got potential to be a you know a giant killer. And I think if they play how they've been playing and the Bruins keep playing kind of you know, hockey, you know, the Hurricanes could uh, pull off a big upset. All right. Well, that takes us through all eight first round matchups. Uh, you probably got more hockey information here than you ever thought you would listening to uh, <laughs> football fans, but Daniel came in and he just uh, knocked it out of the park, which will be a nice transition into our, uh, other topic for today baseball and gentlemen if i may just take the reins on this one and get this out of the way yeah i know it's been building within you since we started so go ahead i was rambling on to try to simmer the pot but it's it's boiling so by all means all right let's uh the reins let's let's just do this on sunday the 9th of august the astros played the oakland days in a series in which they got swept by the A's. Let's, let's start with that. What a shame. Wahoo. I, for one, am sad about it. Not really. They got into a little scuffle with the <laughs> right? athletics on Sunday. A benches-clearing 
what could have been a brawl. It definitely got physical. And I don't want anyone out there to get this confused. This was 100% and wholeheartedly started by Houston. And to the Astros and their fans and their organizations, I just have one question. What in the hell are you doing starting fights this year of all years for two reasons? First off, you are in no position to take any sort of high ground on anybody. You are in no position to start things with other teams and to be mad at other teams. If anything, other teams are in a position to do it with you. And after everything that's gone on with COVID, baseball has made it extremely clear that there is to be no fights or brawls or anything of that variety. And I don't care what anyone who watched that game Sunday said, Houston started that. And they, it wasn't started so much by a player as it was by one of their coaches one of their hitting coaches to be specific, Alex Sintrin. As a coach, you are held to a higher standard, something that you admitted after you got called out on it after the game. And yet you're going to start jawing a, a player from the other team, a player who got hit by your pitcher. All right. He had every right to be mad and he didn't, he didn't want to make it physical. He was walking to first base and you took it upon yourself to step out of the first pace dugout and to start jawing with him. And then, and then you motioned him to come over to you and basically bring it on. And then you act all shocked when he does. Are you kidding me, Houston? Are you kidding me? And then today, baseball comes out with the fines and the suspensions. And they suspended both uh, Liriano, the player who got hit, and they suspended Cintron, as they should have. Cintron got suspended, suspended 20 games and Liriano got suspended six. Now, I think they should have suspended uh, Alex Intron for the whole season, if you're being honest with me. Yeah, 20 games this year is a third of the season, but you get him out of here for the whole year. Houston has no, no grounds at all to be getting mad at any team for anything right there. They should be going to every game home and away with their heads down and their tails tucked between their legs like the cheating dogs they are. They shouldn't be standing on any grounds of pride or whatever misplaced egos they have right now. And yeah, as far as the suspension for Lariano goes, you know, yeah, something needed to happen because like I said, baseball made it very clear. There couldn't be any of that this year with everything that's gone on, you know, trying to social distance. You obviously can't do it in a fight, but at the same time, I can't blame him for getting mad the way he did. I don't know if I'd be able to control myself either if another team's coach was saying things to me. And later Lariano said a uh, quote from him. He said, he said something in Spanish to me that you don't say about my mother. So one can only fathom what was said there. Yeah. I was happy to see the athletic sweep and that's an understatement. I mean, you guys know very well what my opinion on the Astros is if I haven't made it clear enough already, but I will turn it over to you guys now. I mean, I, I entirely agree. I think what Cintron did was completely unwarranted. I think it was an extremely um, cheap shot at Laureano. Um, Laureano had been hit by a pitch three times in the series and the second time in that game. And even if it weren't against the Astros, if I'm a guy and I'm getting hit by three pitches in a series, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be upset with that team. And, you know, he, he gave a little, like, gesture towards the pitcher, towards uh, Humberto Castellanos about, you know, how to, like, properly throw and, you know, just make, you know, not making a joke of it, but, you know, making a little bit of, like, a, hey, dude, come on. Like, this is getting ridiculous. 
getting you know getting some jeers and some remarks from the dugout i sort of get that but again like you said a coach making a comment about his mother and especially coming from a coach of the astros that's that's just i i can't understand it it's it's an unfathomably like stupid thing to do um i i honestly looking at everything not just this but obviously this is part of it just looking at everything that the astros have done since they got caught from cheating and since they got called out everything they've done to me has indicated that they don't really you know they're not a team that's really learned from their mistakes they're a team that's keeps making you know keeps making mistakes keeps making stupid calls keeps making decisions that are selfish that are greedy that are rude whatever you want to a very poor sportsmanship team i honestly think that there needs to be a very significant overhaul in the team in terms of man all basically from the top down um management coaching some of the players i really need think that team just needs to hit the reset button hit it hard and hit it soon because that team is you know they're they're continuously snowballing uh lower and lower trying to collect kind of my thoughts right now sorry (laughs) yeah you're good you guys make great points and i'm just you both have put it so eloquently that i i'm trying to (laughs) trying to match your level of level of fancy talk so to speak oh you know you can match whatever we put on the table it's us after all i think we all know that trash talk is trash talk is part of any sport you know we have the all-time greats of it like richard sherman (laughs) but those are players you know for the most part trash talking other players they're direct competitors it's it's typically not coaches you know maybe in an interview a coach from time to time you know throws a little shade but Anytime a coach, and I'm kind of coming at it from a teacher's perspective too, like, you know, as a coach or a teacher, you're supposed to be, you know, the one, like, like you said earlier, Jared, that's held to a higher standard. You're supposed to be a good example. You're supposed to be a leader for that team to keep, you know, to keep your players and their best interests at all times. And I think clearly what happened is you have a, a coach here that, is kind of affected by what I'm what I'm thinking of as like the the Astro syndrome or the Patriot syndrome where they've they kind of feel like they've gotten away with something and they can kind of continue to get away with things. Well, yeah, as we saw with Joe Kelly, Joe Kelly got punished and the Astros after the cheating scandal did did happen and came out, none of those players got punished. And yeah. they still haven't been punished and they yeah. will not be punished. And they won't be and they won't be. So I think, you know, and Daniel and Jared, you both said, you know, like the organization needs to be remodeled. And you ask, like, what the heck are they thinking? What are they doing? They don't care. That organization is like, we won and they want to win again. And I think they're willing to do it at any cost. You know, I think, I think, um, and sorry, I, I can't remember that coach's name. Um, Alex Cintron. Yeah. Mr. Cintron, I think is kind of in that mentality where they will do anything to win and he's willing to be the bad boy of baseball or the, uh, that might be what he thinks the Astros are going to be, you know, maybe like an old school Raiders team. Yeah. I can almost see it being one of those things where, especially after this, if they didn't already after the Joe Kelly thing where the Astros are just going to try to contort this into turning themselves into the victims here 
I, I mean, and they know, they know that they've been through the worst of it as far as the uh, rules of it go. Like baseball has made it very clear that you, it was like a parent scolding their child, but that was it. That was wrong. And then nothing else, you know? So they know that, that they are still going to get credit for that world series three years ago. And they know that as far as that goes, they can't be touched anymore. But I will say this, they have two more series with the Oakland A's this year. And uh, both of those series are going to be really, really interesting now. I agree. Right. It would be some interesting baseball to watch. Yeah, I just I, – I don't think the, the Astros are going to change. Honestly, I can, I can absolutely see them leaning into this aggressive stance, I guess you could say, where they're, where they're jeering, where they're trash-talking when they shouldn't be, and just trying to get the other team's goat because well, that's why players trash-talk. They, they're trying to get the other team to – do something wrong. They're trying to get them to misstep. Well, the other thing they're going to be leaning into is a lot of fastballs. I think. Well, right. yeah. shouldn't throw at other players, but you shouldn't. You should never aim for other players. But the Astros are playing and, and acting in such a way, not just with the Athletics, but obviously it you know really came to show with the with the A's. It just that you know these these guys are you know they're like you said, doing anything to win, no matter what the cost. Uh, but I do think the Astros are going to have a bit of a reckoning um, as this, as this season. And, you know, even as the next handful of seasons goes on, um, you know, they're, they're kind of, you know, praying for rain without really thinking about the mud as it were. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're, and, and, you know, I, I think that, you know, going back a ways when we were talking about the asterisks, attached to the COVID seasons and, you know, all this stuff, you know, it's definitely going to be interesting to see. Um, You know, I I think that the Astros are a team that for many, many years, both during and hopefully after the COVID stuff, um, you know, kind of regresses and we're able to get a handle on it. You know, that team is going to have an asterisk by their name every time they do well in the playoffs, every time they win a, um, you know, a, a championship, every time they win a playoff series, um, you know, even every time they do well in the regular season, that those guys, that team is going to have an asterisk next to their name because it's always going to be, oh, well, the Astros are still a bunch of cheaters. You know, they're, the, the Houston asterisk's name is going to stick for a long time. And I think that the longer they wait to hit that reset button, the longer that that name is going to continue to stay in that organization and more unfortunately stay in the city of Houston. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I feel like I got everything out. I feel like I'm (laughs) off my, uh, off my soapbox here. uh, You guys feel good with it? Yeah, it's, I'm I'm saving my soapbox for once we get into football season and. Uh, <laughs> oh, we'll hear it. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. My my Someone's soapbox was my soapbox was blown when somebody said avalanche. I was like a dog chasing cars with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, we loved it though. That's why we had you on. But uh, yeah, I, I have my moments. So I think we're gonna yeah. have to wrap her up here. Um, thanks again for being on, Daniel. It was great to have you. Anytime yeah, we need talking advice, yeah. we know where we're going now. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. I had a, I had a blast being on here. Um, you know, I'm 
I really, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed talking shop with you guys. It was really interesting to hear your takes on a lot of these teams. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely still not really rooting for the uh, Blackhawks or the Canadians, <laughs> but definitely a little more than I was before. I love a good <laughs> underdog story. Yeah. Is so. Is there anything, uh, or is there anywhere that people can follow you or see any more of your hot hockey takes? Uh, no, I am pretty much. Oh, okay. Off the so you're, you're exclusive off the to grid the uh, and, and boring. If you ever see me on the street uh, and you're a Wild fan or a Red Wings fan, don't talk to me. Um, <laughs> otherwise, you know, I'd love to chat. And yeah, no, it's uh, you know, may- maybe one day I'll throw something together. But for now, I'm just just happy to be here, man. All right. right. Well, we appreciate having you, our first ever guest on the Expansion Buddies podcast. We will definitely have you back sometime. And uh, I think that's going to about do it for us. Uh, Remember to follow us on Twitter, the Expansion BU, followed by the number one. Check us out. We'll be put, we'll, we're tweeting all the time, whether we should be or not. Yep. Thank you to everybody that uh, mentioned hashtag crispy passes last week. I really appreciated we it. We got a couple. I know. It's, it made my heart so happy. All right. So uh, from all of us here, thank you for listening. Be sure to check us out every Thursday on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and uh, we'll be there for you. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And always remember, party like it's 1976.